Welcome, Nexus Church family, online to our series we've titled Infinitely More. Now, over the course of this seven weeks, we have been taking a look at a very powerful passage where we get this title from. That is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And I will read it for you, and then we'll get into today's message. Paul writes in this passage, Now all glory to God, here it is, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And so throughout this series, we're going to discover God's ultimate plan for you and for me and how that comes through the Spirit-filled life. And, And my hope and my prayer for you is that you not only encounter the power of God in your life, but that you allow it to use you to do infinitely more than what you could ever imagine because God has chosen you to spread His good news that Jesus came to change the world, to give us access to the Father. And so we hope that this encourages you in the next few weeks as we gather together. If you want more information about our church, Nexus Church, here in Thief River Falls, you can go online to nexuschurchmn.com or you can go to our Facebook page, Nexus Church MN, and search for us there. We are praying for you that God continues to work mightily in you. Enjoy today's message. Welcome back, Nexus Church family, to our fifth week in our series that we've titled Infinitely More. Now, as Paul said in Ephesians 3.20, God has given us the Holy Spirit to live this infinitely more life. And over the last few weeks, we discovered that it all starts with Jesus. Since the beginning of creation, God had in store for us this infinite life through Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so today we're going to kind of take a different approach to this series, and we're going to look into Jesus' words to his followers in the Gospels. These statements, we'll come to find out, just aren't for his disciples who he spoke these to, but also to us today. And so it is my hope and, and my prayer as I've prayed for this message that you would apply these to your own life and you would understand what that practically looks like for you. Because sometimes, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but when I'm reading God's word, it sounds so good and it sounds so hopeful. But for me personally, I can't apply it. It doesn't make sense. And sometimes it seems like it's just an idea or this this very maybe unclear thought that's really just out there. Maybe it's too vague, and I don't know what that means for me specifically. So so let's take a look at how an infinite life looks like practically today. And so these statements are what we call the I will statements. They're promises. 
And so make these promises yours today. Put it into your own life. Think about ways of how, how does this apply to me today? And as we will see as we close this service off today, uh, we have such a small part of this equation, but it's a big part. If something small could be big, this one would be catastrophic. Like, Jesus gives us everything we need in these statements, but it takes a small yes from us. And that small yes can mean everything to whether or not we live this infinite life. And so let's open this up and see for ourselves what these I will statements. Maybe you've heard these before. Um, my prayer is that you hear it with fresh eyes today. But for those of you who haven't, uh, these are powerful statements. These, again, are promises from God to you. And the first one we will read is from Matthew 4, verse 19. And in this, Jesus says to his followers, I will show you how to fish for people. Now, specifically, this was to two fishermen, right? Two fishermen that were out just doing their job. And Jesus calls out to them, come and follow me. And they follow Jesus. They obey him. And he says this powerful statement, I will make you fishers of men. Think about that for yourself today. What a powerful thought that is for us today. What Jesus was telling them is what he, he is telling us today. I, I have so much more for you. You are more than just a cashier or a worker on a conveyor belt or a teacher. Not that these are bad jobs, but so often people are like, I'm just this. I'm just that. I'm a nobody. I'm just making money to to pay my bills, to help my kids get through school, or whatever it might be, right? I mean, the list can go on. I'm just a, uh. <laughs> and it seems so pointless. Like, that's all you're created for? And that's what these guys were. They were just fishermen. They were ordinary fishermen who were just trying to pay the bills. And Jesus is like, I haven't called you to just do a job. I called you for so much more. I will make you. I will make you a valuable part of my kingdom. And that's what he's telling you today. You're just not a, a student. You're just not a, a, a worker at a job. You are so much more than that. You are part of my kingdom. And I have a value over you to do great things, to do infinitely more than what you could ever imagine. I will. It's a promise. Another one we read of and kind of linked to that is Matthew eleven twenty eight, where Jesus says, I will give you rest. Now two unbelievably important promises from God right away in this text today. Because first of all, we need that reminder that, that God has called us to greatness, not just to be a, alive on this earth, but to actually do something valuable for his kingdom. And then he follows it up with, I will give you rest. You see, no different than in the time that he spoke this, right? He spoke this to people that were experiencing persecution, right? This, this was 
when John the Baptist was still alive and Jesus looks out as people are concerned about him being thrown in prison and what's coming out of this because, because there was a movement going on when Jesus was first starting his ministry. And he looks around at, at all the circumstances that are going on and what he is telling them is it's not going to get any better. There's going to be severe persecution. There's going to be attacks if you are a follower of God. And he looks and he says, but I I will give you rest. And I'm telling you today, he's looking out at you in your circumstance and he sees all the pressure you're on, that, that you're under, that, that this life has put on you, whether it's to, again, pay the bills or to try to keep up or, or, or try to just to maintain your job. Like, I, I don't know about you, but there's so many requirements that are put on us today with, with how COVID is, is messed things up and politically correct we have to be. And we have to be worried about what everybody thinks because we don't know if we're going to say something that's going to offend somebody. And, and so we're just cast into all of this. And the anxiety, friends, the anxiety I see as I work with students, whether it's in the public school or, or in our community, I'm telling you, I have never in my life, and it's not been that long ago since I was in school myself, I have never experienced children, young kids who have dealt with anxiety like I've seen. What is going on? I'm telling you, this world is not our home, but we have to figure out how to live. And not just get through life, but to find life. And we need to run to Jesus because he has promised us that he will give us rest. But it's through him. Run to him. So Jesus has called you to greatness. He's promised you rest. And then listen to some of these other Beautiful promises that he's given us. I want you to, to run to him today. Run to him. Because this is where you're going to find purpose. This is where you're going to find hope. This is where you're going to find truth. God will keep his promises. And so if you're dealing with anxiety today, if you're dealing with being just exhausted and tired and you're just done, You've got to spend time with him. If you've lost your purpose, you've lost your hope, you don't know where to turn, turn to him. And I, and I can't promise you that the, the moment you turn to him, everything's just going to get better. But I'm telling you, if you keep running to him, keep putting your time and your efforts into to running towards him and spending time with him, he will give you rest. He will redefine your purpose and he will give you hope. And so we go to our next promise. This is a good one, friends. It's found in John 6, 37. It says, I will never reject you. I'll never reject you. I've been rejected over the last year with all of the, the craziness that's gone on. I've stood up for things that I believed in that I felt like were gospel-centered truths that we need to stand upon to show God's love to others. And it hasn't gone well. People that I know and I love and I thought were 
close, deeply hurt me and rejected me. This world is going to have people that are going to reject you. That's part of where we're at in this world, the cycle that we are on until the day Jesus returns. People have wills and they're flawed, just like mine, just like yours. And they're going to do things that they think are right. And they're not. We're not perfect. We will be rejected sometimes in ways that's hard to rebound, rebound from. And it takes time. But Jesus promises he's not going to reject you. No matter how messed up you are, how bad you've lived your life, how severely you've turned from him, things up. It's not going to reject you. Then two powerful statements that Jesus makes after that. Both of them in John 14. The first one in verse 21. I love this. Now, you have to understand what John 14 is all about, right? Jesus is making these declarations that he is going to leave this world, and his disciples are distraught. They're like, you cannot leave us. We've been banking on you this whole time to establish your kingdom that you said you were doing, and now you're leaving us? And Jesus just keeps telling them, this is not my kingdom on earth. My kingdom is in another realm, and you're not getting it. But here's the important thing, friends. I'm leaving you a helper. I'm not leaving you, but I am, is what he's telling them. I'm leaving part of my spirit with you, the Holy Spirit, that triune God. There's the Father, there's the Son. I am leaving the Holy Spirit here for you. And then he says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you. I love you, and I will reveal myself to you. Right? I love you. I'm going to continue to reveal myself to you through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to continue to reveal myself to you. Now, yes, I am leaving you physically, but I'm not leaving you spiritually. And I'm going to continue to daily pour myself into you. It's a promise. It's a promise that we can hold on to today. This is for us today. I will reveal myself to you. But you've got to be willing to be open to it, right? And then he continues in, in verse 14 and says, And ask me anything in my name, and I will do it. Such powerful statements that Jesus right away begins with, right? Such, such amazing, beautiful statements that... that <laughs> He's got a call on your life to join his forces, to do his work, like the greatest call, the greatest career you could ever say yes to. He's like, it's yours. Enter in. No one's greater than anyone else in this kingdom, in this, this career. We're all in it together. We're all valuable. We're all MVPs. So you've got this call in your life. I'm not going to reject you. You are going to have my favor, my love. I'm not going to 
reject you. But all these promises that God has made for us today, that he's with you. But then once in a while, Jesus will throw in an interesting promise. And this one, a lot of times, if, you, if you've ever done research on these promises of God or these I will statements of God, a lot of times this one won't be mentioned because it doesn't seem like it's a personal one, but it is. Now, this one is where he is speaking to Peter, and Peter makes this bold statement, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah. Right? And Jesus looks at him and says, ha, ha, ha. you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And so Jesus, in that, that moment, he actually changes Peter's name and makes a powerful statement that because of Peter's trust and belief and faith in him, he will build his church off of that. Now, that's not saying that he's building it off of Peter, but off of that proclamation, off of that faith, off of that trust in, in belief in God. He will build his church through people like that. Now, it's important to understand that that church is not used very often in the Bible. And in fact, it's not the word church, of course. In, in the original language, it's ecclesia. That's a word that probably nobody's ever heard of before unless you've done research into the Bible. But ecclesia comes out of two words, ek meaning out, and then kaleo meaning to call. Now, literally what this means in this, in this context is that, that God calls people out of their, their place, their home, their, wherever their place is, he calls them out into the world. And so what, what church really is, is a group of people, you and me, that are called out to do a work for his kingdom. And so to personalize that in each and every one of our lives, what God is saying is, I've called you out of this life, this, this life that you are headed down, the life that every person who doesn't call on my name was heading down towards eternal destruction. I've called you out to this new life. You are now, like he said before, you have a value in you to do a great work for my kingdom. You have a career in my kingdom. And it's to do great things, to bring people into the kingdom. That's what church is. I will build my church. And so God is promising to us in this statement the fact that he's going to build his church through us. He's going to build his kingdom through you and I. That's a great statement. That's a promise. It's a promise that he wants you to come alive with. Well, the last two statements... We've already done five, but the last two, I really want to, to hit, hit that, that into us really deep today because these are going back to now John in John chapter 16 and 14. Both of them really heavily rely upon Jesus, uh, really encouraging his followers 
as he is getting ready to go to be with the Father and reminding them of what he is doing as he prepares them. And I, I believe this is so important for us today because Jesus' promises stand and he wants you to get this today. He wants you to have these statements deep inside of you. He wants you to understand that you have more inside of you than you could ever imagine or think because it's not you, it's the Holy Spirit inside of you. And so this first statement is just so important. You've got to get this, this promise. If, if we leave this promise I don't see how we can truly get the infinite life that Paul promises in Ephesians 3.20. Because it is the Holy Spirit alive in you that works and moves and breaks down walls, breaks chains, empowers you, gives you hope in a world that is so full of hopelessness. It's the Holy Spirit. And so in John 16, 7, Jesus, again, as he looks at his disciples who are distraught, says, if I do go away, I will send him, that is the Holy Spirit, to you. Now, what is the Holy Spirit? In this passage, the Greek word is parakletos. Now, <laughs> that's not a word that you probably ever heard before again, but it has this, this sense of, of being a counselor or, or being a strengthener, a comforter, an advocate, a person who comes alongside you and is a friend, is an ally, and, and fights for you, comes into you and works through you. It's a hard picture because there's nothing else like it because he's both your friend, your strengthener, your comforter, but he also purifies you, makes you clean, makes you capable of doing what you can't do in your own power. Jesus makes you right with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, empowers you to do the work of the Father. And so the Holy Spirit continues the work of Jesus. What Jesus did on earth, the Holy Spirit came to do through you and continues to do through all people who call upon the name of Jesus as Savior. So you have the Holy Spirit there available and willing to work in you. And then lastly, Jesus promises that you will come back. He will come back. Now, that poses a bunch of questions that we won't have time to get in today, but the point remains that, that Jesus will come back, and with it comes peace, comes comfort, comes eternal joy. Something that we'll never experience here on earth. As long as there is humans on earth that live in the flesh, we will have sorrow, we'll have pain, we'll have evil. 
But when that day comes and Jesus brings us back to be in the presence of the Father, there'll be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more grief, but pure joy. So these are the eight promises that, that Jesus gives his followers. Now, again, some only give seven if you do research on this, but I, I really believe that that eighth one is important to include. These promises are for you today. Right? These are just not for the disciples. They're for you today. So may I remind you that Jesus has called you to his kingdom work. You have a career in the kingdom of God. You have a promise of rest. Jesus gives rest. Jesus will never reject you. He loves you, and he has revealed himself to you and will continue to reveal himself to you. Jesus has promised that he will empower you to be a part of building his church through the Holy Spirit, and one day he promises to come back and bring us home to be with him in the Father Spirit. These are promises for you today. But as I said at the beginning, what does that mean for me today? These promises are sitting there. But maybe you're like, I've tried. I've done a lot of these things, and I believe a lot of these things, but I don't see it in my life. I'm not feeling it. Well, there's part of the equation that we haven't put into this yet, and that is you. You see, Jesus can give you rest, but you have to go to him to receive it. You see, Jesus wants to empower you. He wants to enlist you into his, his armed forces, if you will, and be a part of building his kingdom. But if you don't go to him and receive that power through the Holy Spirit, you won't get it. You see, all of this, the, these I will statements are, are predicated upon the belief that you will go to him and not do it in your own power, in your own strength. You see, this whole infinite life that we've been talking about continues to come back to the same base every time. And that's if you are not willing to line your will up with the Father's will, you won't receive that infinite life. Sure, you can be saved, right? You can ask Jesus to forgive your sins and, and you can be clean in his sight because God forgave you. But you never give him complete control of your life and go to him and rely on him for your strength. Rely on him for your peace and your rest. Rely on him for your purpose and your hope. If we rely upon ourselves, we will fall short of the infinite life. It is through him and him alone, through the Holy Spirit that he's given us, that we can experience this infinite life. These promises are waiting for you. Will you run to him? And as we close today, I want to read the statement that Jesus gave to his disciples as they were kind of trying to figure out how do we do this? How do we, 
How do we line our will up with God's will? What does this look like to, to get these promises awakened in our life? How do we get this infinite life? And so Jesus said, well, how about you pray? And how about you do it like this? And he opens with the most powerful thought that we can apply in our life today. And so it's my encouragement to you that you open up your every day with this simple prayer that Jesus gave in Matthew 6, 9, and 10, where he says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And if you don't know what hallowed means, just, man, God, you are awesome. You are God. I am not. I honor you, right? I honor you in your name. And then he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Friends, Jesus is telling his disciples, align your will up with my will. Come to me. Spend time with me. Read my words. They're alive in the Bible. And let me speak to you. And then do it. And you will have an infinite life. These promises that I'm giving you today, they're going to be for you if you just line your will up. If you just line your will up. Our Father, hallowed be your name. I honor you. I give you glory. Thank you for sending your son Jesus into this world to take my pain, to take my sorrow so that I could live for all eternity in heaven. I want to be there with you, and I thank you that I can be now. And out of a response, I want to live my life for you today. And I'm telling you guys, if we can get to that point, these promises will come true in your life. You will have an infinite life. Again, might not look the same way you think it was going to. Your dreams, your aspirations, maybe that was what you wanted, not what God wanted. But as he continues to take you down that path, and for some of us, I mean, I'm living in year 16 or so. <laughs> uh, sorry, 26 now because I'm a lot older than I remember. <laughs> but as you and as I go down that road of following Jesus, and as long as we continue to say, God, your will be done. Your will be done in my life. Your will be done in my life. As we continue to say that, and as he continues to work in our life, in his miraculous ways he does through the power of his Holy Spirit, as he does his supernatural work inside of us and transforms us into the likeness of his son, pretty soon we start seeing little glimpses of these promises come true in our life. So hold on. If you're in the middle of it and you feel like you're not getting anywhere and traction is just not to be found, keep pressing into him. Keep saying, God, every day, your will be done. 
your will be done. Open up my eyes and help me to see how I can become more like your son. And in time, these promises start unfolding. And so, Father, I pray for your people today. God, that they will continue to say this prayer that Jesus gave to his disciples. Your will be done. Your will be done, Father, in my life. Help me to be transformed so that my will aligns with your will. God, we want to be empowered on this earth, God, not for our glory, but for your glory so that we can help do everything in our power through your power of the Holy Spirit, Father, to build your kingdom, to make a difference in this world. And so, Father, wherever your people are at today, God, oh, Father, move in their hearts, move in their minds, give them strength and courage to not give up because I know your promises will never fail. They never fail. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Nexus Church family, for joining us this week, and we'll see you again real soon.